Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. Me and my co-host Rich Silverman have a great guest today. I was connected to him through Vader Splash, a tech conference thrown by Bambi Francisco. That we're going to be talking to Balaji Gopinath, who is the Vice President of Emerging Technology with the Audience and Multi-Platform Technologies Group for Turner Broadcasting System and the founder of MediaCamp, which is a company within Turner that funds innovative startups that fit within the ecosystem of Turner Broadcasting. Ted Turner's always been a very interesting figure in um, media and broadcast. He's been an innovator since founding CNN and continues to be so today. So uh, there's a lot of interesting things coming out of Media Camp. They have a whole suite of startups that they're currently involved with that you're going to be learning about now. Uh, my name is Balaji Gopinath. I run the Emerging Technology Group for Turner Broadcasting. Our group is the forward-looking strategy group on the technology side for Turner. So as media companies start to look more and more like technology companies, the charter for our group is to help Turner bridge that gap and start to figure out what a hybrid model of media and technology companies look like for the future. And we started MediaCamp. The idea came last year, prior to a lot of the folks in San Francisco coming on board, uh, where we started to look at innovation in the media space and how do we really get that going, knowing that there's a huge amount of disruption happening with the introduction of the iPad, the smartphones, and as the landscape continues to change with over-the-top delivery and various ways to consume content, particularly on the video side, just learning from the past of what's happened to the record industry, how do we adequately put together something that helps us in the media world? Uh, so that's kind of the, the premise of MediaCamp. So in, instead of having things done to us, we really wanted to participate in the definition of what the future of media looks like and the future of entertainment consumption looks like and shape it in a way that benefits not only entrepreneurs but also benefits the media world at large. So while this is a, while this is a Turner initiative specifically, Turner's hope and goal is that we actually help evolve and lead the media landscape effectively and introduce new players into the mix that will help shape the future. It says on the website that you were or are still involved with the audience and multi-platform technologies group. Did MediaCamp grow out of that? And, and for that matter, what exactly is the audience and multi-platform technologies group? So the MediaCamp is actually a, an innovation initiative out of the emerging technology group, which is part of the audience and multi-platform technology group. The, the audience and multi-platform technology group, or AMT, is the group within Turner that was focused on revenue-driving technology. So that group uh, builds, supports, operates, and maintains all the digital world as it relates to the revenue side of the business, including supporting the ad technology behind linear ad distribution. And how does uh, Turner's goal sp specifically affect how MediaCamp chooses an investment? Uh, I, I think several, several ways. Turner's always been an innovator. Uh, we led the, the charge in TV everywhere having pioneered some of the authentication models adopted by MSOs and MVPDs and what TV Everywhere would look like as they start to distribute content and make it available and accessible for consumers. Uh, we've done a lot early on, even from our roots with CNN, the first 24 by 7 news channel started by TED. So innovation and kind of leading the charge has always been part of the DNA at Turner. But how Turner affects MediaCamp is, is unique in that not only are we driving some of the innovation in the marketplace, but we also provide 
a willing and likely customer for a charter client. So as these companies develop fairly mature products and services that are ready to go to market, how does a company take advantage of that? We are there waiting, we're helping them shape it along the way, and we offer the opportunity to have these companies operationalize their products and services in a media company at scale and give them a real test bed and a proof of concept of, their, of the, what they're building. It gives Turner a great way to learn more about the ecosystem, leverage these technologies, potentially incorporate them into our business for our own advantage as well. How are you connecting with these companies? Do they find you or do you find them or has it been sort of a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B? I, I think it's a combination of many things. I, I think we're, we're lucky to have hired the folks we have in San Francisco with backgrounds from Apple, Microsoft, uh, Yahoo, uh, all of whom are entrepreneurs, been successful in building, starting, selling companies, have been in the entrepreneurial space in the Bay Area for a long time, uh, including myself. I think we know the Valley pretty well, and we have deep connections and roots to VCs, large companies, and entrepreneurs. Uh, so I think that a combination of that and the fact that we're active in the space, as well as the fact that you know we truly made a commitment to really embrace the disruption versus be resistant to it. And our goal in Media Camp is really help to foster this change we see going on in the media space and, and, and make these companies uh, mature enough so they can stand on their own legs. And we think we, that's, that's the unique part about what Media Camp is for us and, and what we've kind of socialized with the rest of the people we've talked to in the Valley is that unlike other accelerators and incubators, we're, we're not a technology incubator. We don't want to teach you about entrepreneurship because we think there are a lot of people that do that very, very well. And we don't want to be another player in that fold. What we do is more akin to a graduate school to those programs where we say if you have a company that you think has a product or service that could serve the media space, how can we effectively help you achieve that goal? So are you, are you talking about the Media Camp Academy right now? I'm talking about the Media Camp program as a whole. Uh, the Academy itself, absolutely, but even outside of the Media Camp Academy, a lot of the talks, the workshops, the things that we do, we meet entrepreneurs on a daily basis at events at networking, uh, just even casually, or coffee, beers, whatever the gamut. Uh, since we, again, we, we live, eat, and breathe in these environments, we're not coming here from a, some corporate culture and say, hey, now we're here to be part of the entrepreneurial world. We are entrepreneurs. We, that's, how, that's who we are, that's our DNA. And so since we are part of that ecosystem, we're able to even help on an informal basis just give advice and help people be as you know, productive as possible if they want to enter this space. The Academy itself, I think, is unique in that it really takes our companies behind that curtain and gives them an in-depth look of how a media company really works, understand the nuances, the value chains, the work streams, and make their own connections to the executives at Turner. And that allows them to just learn a lot more than any other company could have coming from the outside with the vendor relationship alone. Is, uh, is, is the, the, the Academy uh, a structured kind of program that you have? Is it run out of San Francisco? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? It is a structured program. and It is, it is run out of San Francisco for, for many reasons. One is that most of the team lives here, and uh, 
it's a little easier to have that program here. Two is uh, it, a lot of the entrepreneurs and people that are disrupting the, the media world are also based here. It, we did cast a wide net and allow anybody from all over the world to apply. And we had quite a few applicants from outside the Bay Area and international. It just so happens the one we chose happened to be in San Francisco. A lot of them came here on their own prior to the program being around. And a lot of them just were here organically. And what's your thoughts on the term disruptive technology? Because you're almost coming from the side of the incumbent. Um, could you specify or clarify that question a bit more? Uh, well, people always say the term disruptive technology regarding startups. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Because it, you're working creating an ecosystem that works with uh, Turner. Yeah, I, I think disruption is a broad term to your point. Uh, I, I think when we define disruption, we're looking at new models of distribution, new models for advertising, new ways to engage with our consumers who consume our content and all the various platforms, both digitally and traditionally, that they engage with. And uh, our goal is to be you know, front and center as that change is happening, really look at ways in which we can participate and change that. In addition to it, there's a lot of technologies that serve that entire structure on the infrastructure side that bring technology and cost efficiencies into the into the marketplace. If you believe the capital efficiency is real and you can do more with less, there's a lot going on in the encoding space, in the SaaS space, in platforms in general using cloud technologies that allow us to really reduce our costs and being able to deliver our content to consumers across these devices. And uh, that's an important place to understand for us as well in terms of what's going on and, and how do we take advantage of that. Now, uh, introduce our audience to Social Samba and SwitchCam, and why do you invest in them? Social Samba, we think, is a really interesting platform. Uh, it is a SaaS model built that has a uh, NLP kind of programming engine that allows us further extension for our fan base to connect with the characters they see in our TV shows and the content that we uh, put forth. Uh, it changes the way, for, for obviously from a social structure, given the name, how the storytelling can extend beyond the show into the social web, but allows our consumers to have unique and individual relationships with the characters themselves that can happen 24-7, even when the show's not airing. And that creates a lot of opportunities for us as a company as well as being more engaging for the consumer. SwitchCam, I think, is really interesting because while it was started out of a, a live event scenario for concerts, there's a lot of possibilities in how multiple views and angles of video, again, give you different looks into content in terms of what people are looking at, what are, they're not looking at, how we can take this into the production stream and, and from a highly produced scenario, th still things we're working out. There are obviously benefits from a news and sports angle in terms of looking at sports events and live news events from multiple angles and viewpoints and stitching all those together into a, a different way to tell a story. I was curious with SwitchCam, uh, what, what are the, the legal rights issues involved? I saw that there's a whole bunch of concerts up there. Are you getting the permission from the artists uh, on stage to, to broadcast these videos? You know, I, I would assume that SwitchCam is doing that since you know, it's their company and they're just part of MediaCamp. Uh, as far as rights in general go, part of MediaCamp is actually 
introducing our startups to the legal world in the media. So our legal team at Turner, as well as others in the Valley, are participating as part of Media Camp to really help them understand what rights really mean, what they are, what they're not, and where the leverage points are in terms of what they can take advantage of and what might be an uphill battle or something that may stop them down the path. So I'm not familiar with the specific rights that SwitchCam has around the concerts, but I would assume that they've gone to the lengths of uh, procuring the rights to do what they do. Now, uh, when you look at uh, Social Samba as a new way to interact with fans, where, where do you think that's going to evolve when it comes to this uh, this transmedia approach to storytelling? I, I, I think it's transmedia has been a word that's been in the marketplace for a long time. And uh, it's, again, one of those broad use terms. Everybody talks about it. Nobody really knows what it is. Uh, from my perspective and some of the folks that I work with on a regular basis around that space, transmedia involves really getting into the story arc. And how do you get into the story arc with a multi-platform approach and a social approach to make the content more pervasive, more digestible and consumable and meaningful to the end consumer? I think from that perspective, being part of the story arc, allowing the character to go off on their own, to tell their own story from their own perspective and really have a different way to engage with an audience makes it really an interesting way for us to extend our current productions into the social world. What, what shows so far that, that you know of at least have used uh, social samba? I, I, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's uh, something that we explored immaterial of that. We kind of looked at the team, the technology, the opportunity to help the business more so than what they've done already. I'm sure there are things that they're doing. Do you know if uh, any programming that, that Turner is producing is going to be broken out into, you know, I'll just say transmedia since that's the term we've been using. I, 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 I think absolutely. I, I think the way we look at it is social by design, right? Or uh, it is one way to look at it. How do you ensure that the content that you develop from the onset has opportunities to either exist alone or exist alongside a live airing or highly produced or scheduled event. I think that's part of the future in terms of what the ideal best practices or ideal mix looks like. I think it's still evolving. Uh, we are definitely looking at that space in many different areas, and we're hopeful that Social Ensemble will play a role in that as well. So you could act at almost as a matchmaker between uh, content producers and um, the startups and kind of create a uh, kind of a kind of relationship where from the inception they're working together? I think we do more than that. I, I, again, the, the benefit of being part of Turner is that a lot of the mentors and advisors that we bring to the table for these companies are actually people that own the brands. They're, they're GMs, they're senior vice presidents, they're content owners, they work with the production teams. They're intimately involved in the entire process. So we let those conversations happen organically by exposing these teams to each other and then by guiding the process a bit through the workshops, through the academy, the conversations we would have, the more structure we can put around it to create opportunities for them to engage in a meaningful way. What's your thoughts on TV becoming more interactive? 
uh, I, I think TV is, is changing dramatically. I, I, if, you, if you've been to CES last couple of years, every CE manufacturer that produces a t television set is talking about the connected TV. Uh, and that is, I think, huge uh, in terms of what it is, what it can be. Uh, what, if you look towards the future and the install base or the projections of connected TVs are close to 40 million. If in, by 2015, most of the manufacturers have told us they won't be shipping TVs that are not a connected TV. And those price points are coming down and making them more available and more accessible. Uh, so I, I think TV is definitely changing. The platforms are definitely changing. Where this used to, where TVs used to be a broadcast environment, now they're becoming an interactive environment, an interactive platform. And if we can't find ways to take advantage of that and the definition of what a TV really is, and that's changing as well. A TV is also your iPad, your computer, and your smartphone. And it's not just that 10-foot experience you see in your living room where it used to be a communal experience. It's also a distributed viewing experience now. And this is where social really plays a big deal. How does the distributed social, the distributed viewing experience connect people together across networks, across devices, across time zones in a time and place shifted world? That's what the TV of the future really looks like. And how do we take advantage of that as guys that own the content and produce the content? As the content producers, you're probably less concerned about the the future of the cable companies themselves. Any, you know, here's your chance to speculate on that minefield for us. Well, it, it is a minefield, so I'll speculate carefully. Uh, the MSOs and MVPDs are are our partners, and they are uh, strong partners for us today. Uh, our relationships with them continue to evolve as they explore this space on their own. Uh, I, I, I think it's fairly obvious that they see that their world is changing considerably and they're trying to figure out their own path in terms of what the future looks like and what, what part they play in that value chain. Uh, personally, I see it as a real hybrid model and mixed. I think you'll always find those who will not cut the cord but trim the cord and maybe look at other channels to consume content. By and large, the MSOs and MVPDs still own a very large footprint into the home, and they provide access to this content on a more regular, standard, consistent fashion than anything else out there. And by and large, viewing of this content still predominantly happens on that 10-foot screen in your media room or living room than any other device today in terms of the reach that it has. Uh, to say they're dinosaurs and they're going away is probably wrong, right? And, and, and it's probably something that's talked about a lot in the startup world, and that's probably not going to happen, at least not immediately. How those companies will change is the big question mark, and how Turner will participate is something we're figuring out. So certainly, um, they can offer a much higher quality uh, experience in terms of video resolution and, and sound quality and things like that than, than streaming over the internet can at the moment. Uh, definitely. But again, I think that's changing as well as, as technology, codecs, uh, the cloud, all those things come into play. The ability to deliver high quality experiences on different devices is definitely there. Is that going to be dependent, uh, to some extent at least, on the adoption, widespread adoption of fiber optic lines in the United States? 
you know, fiber optic lines and installation of fiber optic lines is an expensive endeavor. And uh, I, I'm not sure what plans are for MSOs and others to lay more of that down or not. I, I think you have to always define the experience the lowest common denominator. That being said, the lowest denominator is increasing quality year over year through technology efficiencies and just innovations in general on the infrastructure side. And uh, what is your long-term goals for MediaCamp? Our goal for MediaCamp is to, to truly help change the landscape for media in a positive way. And being, being part of this new world is defining what entertainment will look like over the next 15 or 20 years. Uh, we, we hope that everything we do adds value to the companies that we've selected as part of the MediaCamp Academy and helps the larger ecosystem understand what media is all about and how they can participate in shaping that future as well. Ted Turner is, is, uh, does a lot of work in philanthropy and various charities. I'm wondering if MediaCamp is, is seeking out or partnering with, with uh, NIMI nonprofits. Well, we, we, we already have a partnership with NCWID, uh, National Council of Women in Technology, which is a nonprofit. Uh, we, we work with Mass Challenge, which is one of our partners. Uh, C100 is also one of our partners. C100 is our Canadian startups. Mass Challenge is an incubator out of Massachusetts. That's probably the largest incubator slash accelerator. Uh, we work with Startup America. So they're nonprofits, I think, are, are part of the ecosystem. I, I don't think there's a huge delineation. I think their missions are very different in terms of what they want to do versus what we want to do, but there's very close alignment with everything. I, again, if this is if this wants needs to exist beyond this year, and for us to do that, we need to build a cadre of partners, both on the commercial side and the nonprofit side, to address all concerns and all different aspects of what's going on and who's shaping the future. What's the difference between an accelerator and an incubator? Well, I, I think incubator is typically defined as taking the companies to a specific location, having them sit with you day in, day out, and really kind of baking them to some extent, hence it's an incubation term. And then, then they come out to the world at large and behold, there's a company or there's a number of companies. I think accelerator is just as the term defines, how do you speed the operations and the businesses to a place where they become really productive and add value? And the key is add value. Our, our goal in our accelerator model is to, while we have space for the companies to sit with us and we have partners who have offered space to allow them to sit and have their own, we don't require them to, be, to sit in our facilities. If they have a functioning working group and offices on their own, we're happy for them to be where they are. What we have is what we term as a business accelerator. Our goal is to accelerate the learning about media at a pace that they can shape their platforms, services, and offerings much quicker than they could if they were doing it on their own, and to a point where they actually can get to a revenue-bearing offering much faster than if they would without us. For start founders who are listening, how do they apply for your program? Uh, application process we had open for about five weeks. Uh, we had over 100 plus applicants. We, we launched officially at South by Southwest. And if you go to mediacamp.com slash apply, you can see all the requirements right there. I mean, we, we basically, 
we're, we're not kind of hiding anything we're very transparent i think our kind of thesis around this is that we prefer two entrepreneurs working full-time we'd like to see companies that have a a product either in beta format or shipping uh, we'd like them to be about two years old or less ideally from a funding standpoint at the angel or seed round with convertible notes but we do have some companies that already taking in an A round as well, an uh, early A round. So from a thesis perspective, those are the kind of the high level components. Obviously how it maps to a uh, technology strategy that we've defined in conjunction with our internal team as well as external people who have vetted these buckets, uh, as well as what, how we as a media company see the landscape evolving is part of that. We also look at the team itself. We look at the team composition, we look at is there a technology there that allows the company to scale quickly? And if so, is there IP behind that technology or potential IP? Um, so there, it's multifaceted in terms of how we look at this companies. And you know, the application process is pretty easy. I mean, really the description, the pitch, uh, understanding the problem they're solving. And then we just kind of take things from there. We, we're trying to make it very non-onerous for folks to apply. We encourage everybody to apply. Uh, and we may see future versions of Media Camp down the road as we go into different aspects, as we start to see more and more interesting things. All right. Well, um, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, we uh, look forward to uh, putting this podcast up and uh, learning more about the new startups for Media Camp in the future. Thanks again. And we look forward to working with you as well. Thank you. Have a good day. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. We hope that you will join us again next time. Check me out at peterkatz.net. And visit my website. You can find out all about me and the types of work that I've done. It's richsilverman.com.